for so very long, it's been... Go on, George. Tell how it's gonna be. But in the end, the commission only said... We figured it 17 different ways. And every time we figured it, it was no good. Because no matter how we figured it... But no matter how you figure it out, I still don't get as much as anybody else. Somebody don't like the way we figured it. So now, there's only one way to figure it. And that is every man for himself. When this is the end. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world as we know it. Or is it now? As a new year hits, through it all, Beaver Nation moves ahead with resiliency and hope. Sun's up, mm-hmm. Looks okay. The world survives into another day. And the way forward goes through, as it must, The Joe Beaver Show with John Warren and Mike Parker. The number of times I heard these guys' voices over and over and over. Still can't find it. Ah, can't find it? We can help. This is 1240. 1240. It's always been 1240. My client says it's 1240. Yeah, plus 93.7 FM and streaming live at KEJOAM.com and on the KEJO app. It's the Joe Beaver Show. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Joe Beaver Show. I'm TJ Matthewson. Sitting in the spot of Mike Parker again is our own Doug Blair. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, good morning. No Mike Parker today. Still not feeling up to it with his voice. Got to get ready for Friday's rivalry game against the Ducks. Uh, 1.30 airtime here on Joe. 5.30 kickoff on Fox at Autzen Stadium. The lineup for today, as mentioned yesterday, from 95.3 the score in Eugene Steve Tannen will join us at 12.05. We have a request out for women's basketball, hopefully around 12.30, that we can touch on there in the second hour. So that's the lay of the land of our final Joe Beaver show of the week. We will not have a Joe Beaver show on Friday prior to the tailgate show at 1.30. Of course, Thanksgiving tomorrow. Hope everyone's getting ready to celebrate. We'll be celebrating and not on the air tomorrow. We will have uh, national programming in that space instead so dougie good morning how are we doing good good i do want to mention before we talk football and there's a lot a lot to talk about um we're gonna say volleyball today at one o'clock against mm-hmm. ucla at uh, gill coliseum if you haven't had a chance to watch uh lindsey bahonic and and her oregon state volleyball team this year much improved um doing a great job um first home sweep of the arizona schools this year since 2017 first road sweep of the washington schools since 2017, first top 25 road win. She's done a lot of things with that program. If you haven't had a chance and you're kind of taking the afternoon off, getting ready for the holiday, I stop by Gill and watch volleyball today against a, a, a good UCLA team at 1 o'clock. One of the busiest travel days of the year, so we recommend take a seat inside Gill Coliseum instead of sitting in traffic. I less think that'd hec- be a good idea. Less hectic, for yeah, sure. Yeah, significantly less hectic. Yep. Okay, speaking of football, <clears throat> let's open up the text line and the phone lines. 541 497 5356, the University Honda text line, and the Downward Dog phone line. Uh, There is plenty to react to this morning. And we have a statement from the university that was deposited into my email inbox about 10 minutes ago from Scott Barnes that we will read after the context of what we're going to lead off this show with. I just want reaction from this. I want reaction from you, Dougie, a longtime Beaver fan. I want reaction from the text line. I want it from the phone lines as well. Jonathan Smith. Head coach at Oregon State went on John Canzano's show at 7.50 the game, the ball-faced truth yesterday, and 
was asked a little bit about his future at Oregon State. We have the the, the audio right here that I'll play in just a second. But I, I, I I'll say listening to it, Doug, <clears throat> I, you know, like Jonathan spoke to as true as he was, but Canzano asked him about like not interested in any other opportunities, and he wasn't exactly wasn't exactly denying it on the show yesterday. So let's play that cut from Jonathan Smith on with John Canzano yesterday, and we'll react after we hear it. Um, there's, there's a bunch of uh, reports about, you know, Jonathan Smith interviewing here, or this job interviewing with you, or who's interested in hiring Jonathan Smith away. What do you say to Oregon State fans who are nervous about losing you? Yeah, I think they can be confident, completely focused on the task at hand. Uh, confident that we're you know battling it week in and week out, and that it has not changed. There has not been some distraction on that. I think it's known what this place is, means and and what I've done and been around here, and I think that speaks for itself. Does, does that mean that you have not had contact with those schools, or your agent hasn't, or you know people were worried? They keep asking me, "Is he leaving? Is he yeah. leaving?" I said, "It's not his style." Yeah, well, I, I'm not trying to be sarcastic here. It's like. Yeah. I've got an agent that's got a job. He best be finding out what, what is out there and, and people calling him, right? I mean, that's how that works. I can tell you from his, his side, he best be working just because I'm paying him so much, right? They get a percentage <laughs> of I'm making him a couple million bucks. <laughs> I mean, right. so I'm not trying to be sarcastic. So, right. And I think any coach, they're aware of what's potentially out there through if, they're, if their agent's doing their job. And again, I'm not trying to would have dodged the question or anything, but I'm also trying to be truthful here yeah. of how this thing works. All right, Dougie. Uh, we just heard that there <clears> from <throat> Jonathan Smith. You can hear the full interview, I'm sure, uh, on many podcast platforms if you want to hear that full interview with Jonathan Smith. But I know many of Beaver Nation heard that yesterday, um, and and I will say I, I didn't hear any denial in there. Yeah, he, he was asked, you know, also how committed he is to the future at Oregon State. What I did not hear is I'm not interested in the Michigan State job. Mm -hmm. That never came out. I'm not interested in the Texas A&M job. I didn't hear that. Um, He says he's committed to Oregon State. Okay. He's thinking about the the rivalry game on Friday. Okay. Um, But one thing we didn't hear in that interview um, is – I'm not interested. I'm staying at Oregon State. So yeah. nothing, nothing, you know, from that standpoint. Um, I don't know what that says. Maybe nothing. Yeah, but, it might just but, be a gigantic <clears throat> nothing burger. It very well could be. Um, and, you know, they they deal with agents and that, and that sort of thing. And, and like he said, <laughs> Lord knows I pay him enough money to uh, look out for my future. Um, but anyway, um, that's the one thing that I got out of the whole Consano thing is that I didn't hear him, you know, definitely say I'm, I'm here at Oregon State. I'm not interested in mm-hmm. leaving. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna go to Michigan State. I'm not looking at the Texas A, Texas A&M job. Um, and you know, well, I guess we'll find out here in the next. Uh, yeah. Next week or so, what exactly is, is going on? We'll find out. I'm not mm-hmm. sure where Curtis is hearing his sources from, but Curtis texts into the University Honda text line and said, I heard Jonathan Smith went to Michigan State uh, interview today. Um, okay, today? Curtis, I, I, I appreciate you texting in. I'd just be mm-hmm. curious what the source is on that. 
Uh, 541-497-5356. Want your reaction to what we just heard from Jonathan Smith earlier regarding rumors floating out there about his job status. Isn't he getting ready for a football game on Friday? You know, I'm just reading the text line. That's true. (laughs) The University Honda text line. If you do have sources, though, uh, connect them in, and, uh, you know, we'd love to talk to them. 541-497-5356. Love to hear your reaction on the Downward Dog phone line or the University Honda text line. So immediately after all of this came out this morning, we get a statement from Athletic Director Scott Barnes sent by Sean Scheffler. Let me just read this, what I got in my email inbox. Quote from Scott Barnes, Coach Smith and I have ongoing conver- have had ongoing conversations for more than a month, excuse me, um, more than a month regarding his future at Oregon State and our path forward for football specifically and our athletic department generally. He has embraced our short and long-term plans. My number one priority is providing him with a new contract and guaranteed compensation that will help continue the success of the football program that has benefited Oregon State University and Beaver Athletics. Coach Smith and I have uh, discussed our commitment to extending the assistant coach's contracts and increasing the salary pool for his staff to retain the continuity of what they have built together for Beaver Nation. Okay. So that's what Scott Barnes had to say uh, about that. So Curtis's Pac-12 Sirius XM radio said that this morning. But where, what are their sources, Curtis? I'm curious. Do they have – is it a reliable source? Who said that? Can you, could you text in and tell us which person was saying that he took an interview this morning with, uh, with the people at Michigan State? So the phone is ringing. Uh, while the phone rings, I'm going to play – just to hear the contrast. Dan Lanning was asked – the sim- a similar question. Are, last you le- week. are you leaving Oregon? Are you leaving Oregon? And here's what he had to say about that. Yeah, we talk about outside noise a lot in our program. Um, I guess the reality here is one, our, our, my name and uh, our program would never be in the, a topic of conversation for another school if, if we didn't have something here that everybody else wanted. And the reason we have something here uh, that everybody else wants, that's because of what our players our coaches, the support that exists here at Oregon have created. I think I've been really, really clear here since day one. Uh, everything I want exists right here. I'm not going anywhere. There's zero chance that I would be coaching somewhere else. Um, I've got unfinished business here. There's a lot that I want to accomplish uh, here at Oregon. My number one priority is being elite um, here at Oregon. And we have the resources, the tools. Um, Anybody that can't understand why you would want to be here at this place doesn't understand exactly what exists here, right? Like what I've said before, with a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 10-year-old, to be able to raise your uh, family in a community like this, to be able to compete for uh, championships and have the ability to get the resources you need. You know, a lot of coaches hang on to these moments and they don't do anything or don't say anything, one, because they don't want egg on their face when they decide to do something else, right? Two, because they're concerned about things that I'm not concerned about, like getting a better contract, Like, I'm taken care of extremely well here at Oregon. I have the resources I need here at Oregon to be really, really successful. I'm not motivated by that. I'm motivated by winning. I'm motivated by being elite here. Um, And our players deserve my complete focus. Uh, Our fans deserve the best uh, product on the field. So it's outside noise. It didn't matter before. It doesn't matter now. I'll continue to say it till I'm blue in the face. I want to be here at Oregon. Uh, That hasn't changed. That won't change. Two different kinds of responses there, and I know plenty of our listeners, especially a few of you who call into the call-in show nearly every week, would say that Dan Lanning is lying there in in what he said. I disagree. You know, Oregon is an elite program. Um, Why would you leave it? There's not not very many jobs better 
than the job he currently has at the University of Oregon in terms of um, um, you know financial resources, mm-hmm. um, facilities. Um, I I just I, I would just be shocked if he if he left Oregon, and, and I think he's honest when he says that he has no intention of doing that. Mm-hmm. So yes, a lot, a lot to digest there, and hearing from the two sides and ha- how they've handled these scenarios. Five four one four nine seven fifty three fifty six. If you want to get your thoughts in on that audio from Jonathan Smith and John Canzano, that was on his radio show yesterday, and what we played here earlier this morning about the future of him here at Oregon State and everything else. Five four one four nine seven five three five six. The University Honda text line and the Downward Dog phone line. Let's go up north to Dave in Tumwater. Dave, good morning. Good morning, TJ and Doug. Uh, if I could, gentlemen, I'd like to clear the air on a couple of points before moving to the Jonathan Smith interview sure, sure, in Zano, which I heard like. So first, to the people who consider my consider me a potential hypocrite, I did not go. I did not call Softy Mahler's show uh, because he doesn't take a lot of calls. Uh, but the, I guess the premise behind that assertion is that somehow I would go on and 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 kiss uh, Softy's fanny or something. Um, I would have gone on and called him to task for dodging the question of Mike's interview about what led to the, because he completely dissimulated and deflected. This conference was destroyed by the University of Washington, and he wanted to blame it on that scene. So I'd call him out on that, and I would have called him out on his mockery of, of, uh, of the Oregon State uh, fan base and the stadium. Uh, there's an old saying I remember my mother telling me, you never mock the afflicted. And in that Husky Hawks postgame show, they mocked the afflicted, that being the Oregon State football program and our athletic department more generally. So the fact that I would call Salty, and, and, uh, or theoretically, because I didn't, and take him to task does not make me a hypocrite. That makes me someone who wants to stand up for Oregon State University. So there's that. And it was, in fact, the University of Washington that destroyed this conference, which, to segue to Merrill Jr.'s point, senior moment, I knew exactly what I was saying. There was a little narrative hyperbole there, but I would take 10 Civil War victories to mm-hmm. appease the University of Washington. First of all, it's a completely moot and hypothetical point, okay. because we're not going to be playing those schools 10 times. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to clear the air on those two points. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you for that, Dave. Yeah. As to Coach Smith's comment, and, and to compare and contrast it with Coach Lanning's. Coach Lanning's, he's going to be playing for the college football championship. And by the way, male junior, I will be rooting for the University of Oregon in Vegas against the University of Washington, if that's what it comes to. Uh, you can just count that as a, as a given. Uh, so he's going to be playing for the college football championship. His program's uh, finances and future is secure. Jonathan Smith is, I mean, do we really need to elaborate on that? Point? No, no, we don't. What, That's a fact. What Smith said to John Canzano is as good and as honest an expression of intention. He laid out exactly his parameters for mm-hmm. decision-making. Am I going to have the resources to keep my uh, uh, class one coaching staff? And are we going to have a, com- a competitive football schedule? I think it was stand-up. It wasn't the usual, usual coach speak. And if you had asked Mike Riley in November of 1998 if he had any intentions of leaving Corvallis, he would have dissimulated 
uh, you know, the usual stuff. He would have dodged the question. Same thing a decade and a half later. He would have denied any interest, and yet at the first opportunity, he was out the door. Mm -hmm. And, Doug, I just got to push back a little bit. The last three, uh, you're right, Oregon is an elite program. That's why they're going to the Big Ten. But Chip Kelly left, Willie Taggart left, Mario Cristobal left. It's not beyond reason that at some point, if the, I tell you, if the job in Georgia comes up, Doug, Lanning's likely to want to leave Eugene to take that right. job. Well, they're not. I would say it's. I think that's a little bit of an unfair thing because the job at Georgia is the best job in the country. So yeah. So any anybody and, would take and, that and right. That job right and that job isn't open. So right. I mean, <laughs> no, it's not. But what, but guys, when Notre Dame can't keep a coach. Mm-hmm. If Kelly went to LA. If Notre Dame can't keep a coach, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to find it with straining credulity that Oregon State can't keep a coach. I don't think he's leaving. There's also news out there that Damian Martinez says he's coming back next year. All this doom saying and, mm-hmm. and hang, wringing of hands about how everyone's going to leave. Let it play out, people. Yeah. Just let take a deep. I'll give myself some advice. Sure. Take a deep breath, <laughs> let it play out, hope for the best, and live to fight another day. Okay. Well, thanks for that, Dave. Uh, if you got anything else, I'll let you go. Well, I just want to reiterate, it was not. It would not have been hypocritical to go on Softy's show because I would have challenged him in a way he was not challenged on the Joe Beaver show. And, uh, yes, I stand by. I'm, I'm rooting. I would have taken 10 Civil War victories to have won that particular game last Saturday night. That's the point I was making. It hey, was Dave, not a senior moment. I, I didn't have a chance to hear Softy. What what did he how, how did he mock the Oregon State football program? What did he say? I didn't hear it. He he, he himself didn't actually Doug in fairness. In the in the post game show, they're talking about the, the the weather conditions, the atmosphere in the stadium. And Softy was actually saying, you know, you know, there was a pretty good turnout tonight. You know, there were some empty seats, but the Oregon State fan was, was here in number. And then his sidekick, and I can never remember his name, TJ confirmed it in the postgame show. He said, yeah, they sold it out, but when you only have a 5,000-seat stadium, how oh, difficult can it be to sell the stadium out? And at that point, Softy laughed heartily, voluminously, and lengthily. And that is the clowning of the Oregon State fan base that I had predicted the week before he came on the show. And I was going to, as I said, like my mother told me, you don't mock the afflicted. Mm-hmm. You just don't do it. I, I, yeah, that's, yeah. 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 That's awful. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right, David, unless you got anything else, I'll let you go. No, that's it. Thanks for taking my call. Let me get it off my chest. All right. Thank you for calling in, Dave. 541-497-5356. We'll break here in a couple let more of you call in to, to comment on this subject of what we've heard about today for this Oregon State football program, the statement from Scott Barnes, the comments from Jonathan Smith yesterday on John Canzano's show. So Curtis says if he can find the video on YouTube about the sources, uh, we can clarify a little bit more on what he's talking about of potential interviewing today. But, I mean, I think all of that right now is message board rumors and, and stuff. I Usually with this college stuff, we when it happens, it happens, and there's not not a whole lot of hard evidence otherwise, unless someone's tracking tail numbers. Has anyone was has anyone been tracking tail numbers from East Lansing here? <laughs> Anybody? Yeah. If you are, please text us five four one four nine seven five three five six. Both coaches, 
positioning for negotiations. It's possible in the end Smith stays and Lanning goes. It, it's very I, possible. I think Jonathan's main concern, and he kind of alluded to it, is that the Oregon State football program uh, continues to be funded at a par five level. Right. And that the schedule is a competitive schedule, at least for the next two years, before something else may happen. Um, so so the funding stays stays at a high level. Mm-hmm. The schedule is what it is, but it's, it's you know, at a relatively high level. Mm-hmm. I think that's his main concern. If, if the funding starts to go down, can't keep his coaches, can't recruit the kind of players he's recruiting uh-huh. now, um, then there's some concern. If, and the thing is, like, could he, if he doesn't get an answer for schedule and budget by what next week? I would like, think I would think that they would be releasing a football schedule relatively soon. Like they gotta <laughs> have a good idea. And no. um, I, I do have a, a schedule. Yeah, that, I was I was scrolling on a uh, mock schedule, on, which yeah, is a interesting. Mock schedule. I, I was scrolling on on TikTok last night in this college football account that I see a lot of videos from uh, proposed because it, it was regarding this whole situation. That like this situation of of Oregon State's in right now, coaching and schedule and stuff like that right now, and threw together a mock schedule, which I thought was interesting and might be an idea of what a schedule next year could look like. I'll run through it in the next segment. We have a couple of things to talk about the next segment. The Dave mentioned the Damian Martinez comments. I I, I want to talk about those at least a little bit. Joe Freeman wrote an article on OregonLive.com profiling Damian Martinez and his intent to come back to Oregon State next year. However. I do have a couple of disagreements of the word intent and and will promise that Damien did. I'm I, I'm not trying to doubt Damien here. I'm just going to use the wording that was well, given to us in the article. You always hear my plan is to yes yeah well plans change yeah the, yeah <laughs> uh, and again nothing nothing against Damien here. This is just what he said and what the article put out. And I just want to comment on it for uh, I would say the guarantees because nothing is really guaranteed in life. at all. So I just want to put some of that into context. But if you have comments on this Coach Smith situation that you want to get off your chest, this is going to be your last chance to do it this week. We don't have a show tomorrow on Thanksgiving. We're not going to have a show on Friday. We'll have national programming through that space. We'll be on the air for the tailgate show at 1.30. We'll have a chance to take your calls on the tailgate show. So if you want to get in and talk about this right now, this is your opportunity to do so. 541-497-5356 on the Downward Dog phone line and the University Honda text line. We'll have Steve Tannen from 95.3 The Score and Eugene to talk the Civil War on Friday. was on his show yesterday, and he's going to return the favor and come on with us today at 12.05. Let's take a break. 541-497-5356. Looking for your texts or calls about all this Jonathan Smith and Oregon State football news this morning. Happy Wednesday to all of you. Hope you have a good Thanksgiving. We'll take a break and be back with more of the Joe Beaver Show after this on Joe Radio. The Hardwood Center has decades of experience in providing specialty hardwood products and services to local woodworkers, contractors, and homeowners. Featuring many species of hardwood lumber, plywood, and locally milled slabs, a wide selection of hardwood flooring, and more. The Hardwood Center's expert staff will help you select the best products for your project. Stop by or call the Hardwood Center on Highway 34 between Albany and Corvallis. The Mid-Valley's one-stop shop for fine hardwood products. Online at thehardwoodcenter.com. Go Beavs! 
Futon Man isn't just about futons anymore. In addition to futons, futon frames, and covers, Futon Man now also carries platform beds, bunk beds, and can even make custom mattresses for your RV. So if you're expecting out-of-town guests and you're not sure where they're going to sleep, you could add on a bedroom to the house. Or an easier solution would be to stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99 or online at futon-man.com. If you need a new roof, see Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, voted by readers of the Albany Democrat Herald as the best roofer in the Valley in 2021 and 2022. Hi, this is Doug Blair. When Stutzman and Krupp did my roof a few years ago, what I really liked is they had a large team of roofers, so they got in and got it done. And did it in just one day. It was great, and there's financing available too. Callers stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, they do it right. CCB 96278. Experience tailgating, hunting, and traveling in your own recreational vehicle from Power RV. Stop by and see our inventory of high-quality travel trailers, fifth wheel, and toy haulers. Power RV is the number one Wildwood RV dealer in Oregon and Idaho. And now, we are a new Genesis Supreme dealer. Whether you need sales, service, or parts, choose Power RV. We sell fun and we deliver. Easy to find, minutes east of Salem on Highway 22, exit 13 in Omsville. Online at PowerRVCenter.com. Come taste the incredible flavors of India at Evergreen Indian Restaurant. Enjoy mouth-watering made-to-order Indian cuisine using traditional recipes and fresh spices, featuring a variety of entrees and tandoori specials. Evergreen Indian Restaurant is open for dine-in and takeout 11.30 to 2.30 p.m. and from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. daily, except on Tuesdays. Evergreen Indian Restaurant on Southwest 3rd in downtown Corvallis and on West 7th in Eugene. See the menu and order online at evergreenindianrestaurant.com. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you're in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit Kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. Hey, Beaver fans, this is Katana Ladapo, and you are listening to The Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. All right, back on The Joe Beaver Show. TJ Matthewson alongside Doug Blair. No Mike Parker or John Warren today. Getting ready for the holiday weekend. John, uh, across the country in New York City, getting ready for a 4 o'clock tip-off, 3.30 airtime. Right here on Joe Radio, the women's basketball team on tonight with a 5.30 air, 6 o'clock tip have on you ever heard 990 KTH. Ever heard of University of Maryland, Baltimore County? I have. You know why? I'd say they're playing today. Yeah, you have. I know you have. You well, University why? of Maryland I've heard of, but not University of Maryland, Baltimore I know you've County. heard of them before. Can why? I get, spread tell you me, some tell context? Me yeah. Who's the first team to ever beat a 16? Uh, a one seed. University of Maryland, Baltimore County? Yeah. You remember hmm. they beat Virginia in 2018? They prefer to be called, by the way, UMBC. That's mm-hmm. what they want to be called. They don't want to be called University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Yeah. They, so, Dougie, in 2018, they were the team that beat Virginia. Really? The number one overall seed, yeah, in the NCAA tournament uh, can, in 18. Can you tell me the conference that they're in? Oh. <laughs> uh, Try the no. America East Conference. Okay. Well, I know of that conference. I forgot they so, were in it. So, Makes how about sense. some of the other teams in that league? Ooh. Stony Brook in that conference? No, nope. Trevor Mont. 
Uh, Vermont, yeah, that sounds right. Uh, you, no, University, Stony Brook would be in that conference. University of Albany. Stony Brook's in that conference. Not, not according to their press release. Are you really? Yeah, Maine, Binghamton, hmm. UMass Lowell, Bryant, New Hampshire, and uh, a school called NJIT. New Jersey Institute of Technology. Okay, New Jersey yeah. Institute of Technology. They got three three players, by the way, uh, from Spain on their women's basketball team. Well, that's very interesting. So, yep. It's yep. Five, so 5.30 airtime, <clears throat> 6 o'clock tip-off over on our sister station, 990 KTHH. The men's basketball team will be here on Joe. KEJOAM.com, our stream, will carry both. It will uh, go over to the women's basketball game as soon as the men's basketball game is done. So if you want to hear the second half of that basketball oh, okay. game, that's, just stick on stick on the stream. That's and the stream how we're going to do that. Uh, the stream will have it for you all the way through. But okay. on, on, on terrestrial radio, it'll be on, on 990. On, on 990. Yes, okay. it will be. Okay. Gotcha. So let's get to these Damian Martinez comments quickly. The, like Dave mentioned, like the news came out this morning that he's coming back. Joe Freeman, uh, a reporter for Oregon Live and the Oregonian, Put out an article this morning saying Damian Martinez was coming back. A bit of a profile piece on Damian coming to Oregon State all the way from Texas and how what the coaches saw on him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I just want to like I just want to read the the paragraph which it, which people are taking like oh he is coming back next season. Uh, uh, let me just read this and then see okay that is that that's like one hundred percent true of. Uh, of, of like stone cold, write write it in, carve it on, carve it in stone. He's he's coming back. Put it in ink. So Damien says, "quote I definitely want to come back." Martinez told the Oregonian Oregon Live last week, "quote Corvallis just a place that reminds me much of myself, just being a cool, chill place where I can just focus on football, football and school. There's nothing else I really want to do. Nothing else I'm looking for. I plan on coming back. I want to be here. I'm just gonna say." From those words, just from those words, I don't hear will. That like that that is the one thing when people are are saying, "Oh my God, he will come back. He will come back." I don't. I, I'm not saying he's going anywhere else, but that's not what that says. I want to be on on the Oregon State team, but it doesn't say I will be on. The it Oregon does not. State team. Right, and nor should Damien. Uh, I I would put it at about ninety five percent that he's back next year, which is very very good odds, and, and I so, think everyone wants to hear. So he says he wants to be back next year. What do you, in your opinion, would change his mind that he doesn't come back? Our first subject today. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, say our first subject today. I, I mean, I don't think money would be an issue. If if money was the issue for Damian Martinez, he probably wouldn't have been here this season. But he is here because he likes the he likes the he's coaches. Getting, he's getting no money. He like yeah, yeah he yeah. he's getting no money. He could make more. I mean, Jam Griffin, who by the way only had about ten carries at Ole Miss this season, got paid significantly more to go somewhere else, and good for him. He chose money over playing time, and that's what he got. He went to a big SEC school, and then and, and he chose that's what he wanted. What to What if do. he regrets doing that? That's a very good question. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. He is closer to home. That is another I, factor as well. I think he did expect more than ten carries this um, this season. Yeah, right? I'm I'm sure he did. Yeah. But there, there's so many factors here that like so Damian real it, it doesn't seem like that's an issue for him right now. He no. cares more about his development for the pros, which you know you become a pro, you come significantly richer no matter what. Which in the end is the most important thing about playing college football. So then the issue, Corvallis, issue is. Is our head coach going to be here? Sure. Probably. That, and, that, uh, that's certain. That is probably the biggest factor. And who I'm we're sure going to we're gonna play? It, I'm, I'm sure it is an enormous factor for him. So that's why he didn't. You know, there wasn't an I, an I will. 
and I, I will just preface it one more time. We're not saying he's going anywhere. I'm, I'm just, we're saying, based off what he said in that article, saying that he will come back is just, uh, it's just not true, because that's not what he said. That's not what he said. He wants to come back, just like everyone, I'm sure, on that roster who has eligibility next they season, come who back. doesn't want to be draft eligible, who's starting, would want to come back. Why right. wouldn't they? I mean, this is a chance to, you have a chance with a, a good schedule next season and, and this roster and, and recruiting uh, and recruiting class intact and more transfers coming in to win 10, 11 games again next season. Like you, I'm, I'm sure that's an expectation yeah. of, of what this staff could it. do. If you keep all your coaches, if you keep your, keep your head coach and you keep the core of this roster together and all the depth that you've built up, you can still absolutely have a great season next year and go into the playoffs. And Oregon State has been very successful in keeping kids here. Yes, they have. Uh, been. They had what seven kids going to the portal last year. Second, I think, or nine kids maybe going to the portal last year. Second only to Ohio State, who had seven. I mm-hmm. mean, most of the schools had double-digit transfers um, in the portal, except I think Oregon State and Ohio State were like single digits. And so, kids want to stay here mm-hmm. for sure. Um, you just have to give them, I guess, a reason to stay. And um, we'll we'll find out exactly uh, what's going to happen now here big, in the next week or two. Now, a big part of, uh, of of these guys staying is also playing a Power Five schedule next season. Are close as much as you can get on the schedule, uh, like schedule that. So I, I was scrolling through some videos last night, well, about ready to sleep, and I scrolled the po- uh, uh, across an account. Uh, that I follow, I think he's on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, etc. Called CFP Budge, and he talks college football all around. Budge, and, you B- know, normally Budge, B- Budge. B- C- CfB, uh, CF Budge, college football Budge, essentially. B- is what B- his U- account D-G-E, was. Budge? Yes, Budge. Okay. And, you gotcha. know, he's a kid my age, and, gotcha. okay. and you know, has a, has tens of thousands of followers to talk about college football yeah. year round. Yeah. So normally, I'll you know, I'll look at an interest, and none of this stuff normally would make the airwaves here, but this directly regards Oregon State. He put together a mock schedule of what a, a schedule next year could look like. And he did his research. He's not just throwing random teams on there. It's like, okay, who has open slots? How would this work? So here's what his proposed schedule could be of what he thinks for next season. There's the three non-conference games that are guaranteed. Idaho, Purdue, Boise State. Idaho, sorry, Idaho State, Purdue, Boise State is the first three. Those are guaranteed. And then some games that are part of the scheduling alliance with the Mountain West. A home game against UNLV, at San Diego State on the road, uh, at home uh, uh, on the road against Nevada, uh, and then a home game against Rice. Uh, Rice is not in the Mountain West. What, what conference is Rice football in? Rice. Don't they play in the same league like with Tulane, I think? Tulane and... Uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, but so he has Rice on the schedule. They are, oh, so they're in the AAC. They're in the American. American, yeah. The American Athletic Conference. Right. So he's there on this, this schedule because they have an open non-conference game. So that's why they're on here. The other games he has on here, at home against UConn is an independent, because UConn's an independent football program. Really? They can schedule around. And just like the other independent, Notre Dame is on here, the Beavers, in this mock schedule, would make a trip to South, South Bend, Bend to play because Notre Dame has open slots in their schedule as an independent and could schedule Oregon State if they have an open slot and it works out. And by the way, if we're talking about TV exposure, that's about as good as it possibly can yeah, get. Yeah, yeah. Notre, Notre Dame has their own TV network. Yes, correct. <laughs> so after that, there's a game at Utah, 
which Utah also has an open non-conference game scheduled for next season. That would be convenient for both sides. It wouldn't be much of a haul for Oregon State. And then, to the final two weeks of the season, Washington stayed at home, and he is presuming the two sides will work out the Civil War next year in on Thanksgiving, or the day after Thanksgiving to play as the final two games of that season. So let's run through the schedule again really quickly. And I want to hear your thoughts on this. If this is an acceptable Power 5 schedule for Oregon State next season, I think this looks great. I think this would probably be a best-case scenario if this is the kind of schedule you could land. So as the schedule goes, Idaho State, Purdue, at Boise State, home versus UNLV, at San Diego State, versus UConn, at Notre Dame, at Utah, versus Rice, at Nevada, versus Washington State, versus Oregon. So takeaways from this for me, Doug. Seven home games. Uh, Yes, plenty of home games. Two um, good places to go to on the road for Beaver fans. That's big. Like, who wouldn't want to go to Notre Dame if you can? <laughs> and, what? of course, who doesn't want to go to San Diego State? Yeah, Always San fun. Diego State early in the season when it's yep. warm yep. Or, or at Utah. So that would be good. The home schedule, I will say, is not probably not one that people are jumping over the moon for. Not awful, though. No, Idaho State and Purdue. Purdue's a Power 5 game. You'd also have UConn and Rice where people are like, eh. Like, and, and, uh, are, are you sure that's what you want? And then the Cougars and the Duckies. Cougars and the Ducks at home, which are two Power 5 games at the end of the season. And UNLV. That seems like a best-case scenario, right, this schedule. But I think that's perfectly acceptable, and I think if you're trying to sell players on a schedule like this, I think it would work out. It's sellable. It is sellable. sellable. This is absolutely sellable. If, If this is the kind of schedule Oregon State and Washington State can work out over the next two seasons, I think you take this every time. Because if you want to talk about, you know, big time games, Purdue, Notre Dame, Utah, Washington State, Oregon, all big. Um, And then you have, you know, Rice and UConn, decent football programs. Boise State, always tough. Uh, Nevada, you know, Mm -hmm. of course, Reno. So Reno Reno can be fun. Curtis is asking, why would Notre Dame uh, ever ever agree to that? They probably have every football team wanting to play there. Well, I, I would say the difference is I would say every football team wants Notre Dame to come to them. But Oregon State's going to make it easy on Notre Dame and go play them on the road and go play them at home. I mean, Notre Dame has a couple of easy games every year at home where they'll schedule a Marshall, a North Texas, uh, uh, and a Bowling Green. And Notre Dame, even though they're independent, they are committed to playing six ACC games, games a year. And then they have their annual matchups with Stanford and USC. Right. So that's eight games. So there's that not a whole four. lot of, of fudge factor there in terms of other teams. At least four. After they play Stanford, USC, and the six ACC opponents. You're not selling Notre Dame on coming and playing in Corvallis, which they have no incentive to do. There is no need for Notre Dame to come here. But for how Oregon State set up next season, you don't need them to come here. Oh, that would be great, but there's no way you're pitching them and getting them to agree to a contract to play here. We so have Notre make, Dame's so number go, anyway. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> not especially not after 2000. <laughs> yeah, well, we beat them again in a bowl game after that, too. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So we're 2-0 and against the Irish. Right. So, yeah. But you make it easy on them. You go to South Bend and play. It's the same thing with Utah. I mean, Kyle Whittingham has no reason to come up here and play. They don't recruit Oregon that much. But go and play them on the road. Like, Give yourself the Power 5 games if you have to and go play them on the road. No, I like that schedule. If if that, in fact, is close to what is, is going to happen, I, I would not have any problem with that. And if you look at seven home games, um, including Purdue and Washington State and Oregon, um, I don't think you'd have any trouble selling season tickets, too. 
Taking your thoughts on that mock schedule I just proposed, Jonathan Smith's comments from earlier. Might replay them here at the top of the hour in case you missed it. Jonathan Smith on with John Canzano yesterday talking about his future Oregon State. Uh, Texter, uh, unnamed Texter, 541, uh, really emphasizes the need that Oregon State needs to pull the trigger and get a plan together in place for next year. Now, academia's uh, modus, uh, I don't know, this is some Latin word, of making a plan. Motorandi. Uh, yeah, Academia's uh, operandi. I think modus operandi. Modus, I think. Under, uh, modus operandi. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a plan uh, of making, operation. Ma- making a plan uh, to talk about things for next year's doesn't work in the real world and certainly not in, in business. Um, okay, thank you for that. Uh, this texture also texts in, personally don't think, uh, don't want Jonathan or any of our other coaches going anywhere. Well, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't think so. Let's see. Um, I don't have a name on this texture either, but that schedule would be excellent. Keeps players, coaches, and national perception interested in the program, along with fans, of course. Could be another nine-plus win season as long as the current program stays intact. Yeah, I think so. I'd say the only thing that would be a negative on there. I'm not sure how the TV structure would work because playing a game at Notre Dame at Utah would be part of the the opposition's television network. That would be a, a home game for Utah, so that would be on ESPN. It would be a home game for Notre Dame, so that'd be on NBC. Now, national exposure-wise, fantastic. Um, how much money, I wonder, does Oregon State get from that? I mean, I assume they're playing buy games, so they would be getting money from Utah to play. They'd be getting money from Notre Dame to play. And the home schedule, I would say, for that is not the most enticing in the world. You have the two games at the end of the season, Washington State and Oregon. But the rest of the schedule outside of a game with Purdue early this season, I'm just wondering, what are you pitching to television networks mm-hmm. to air your games at home? Yeah. and see, Because all games, since they would be basically independent, mm-hmm. um, then all games would be uh, separately contract. Yeah, they too. would be. Yeah. Yeah, they would be separately contract. That contracted. might be some of the problem in terms of announcing the schedules. They're having to independently contract every game because yeah. it's not like a conference situation where you get X amount of dollars. When you, when we go there, you get the same amount when you come here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We're not talking about that anymore. Mm-hmm. Selling Yukon <clears throat> and Rice to ESPN and, and Fox, I mean, they'd probably just shrug their shoulders and say, We're We're good. Right, I don't, I don't, especially with a, a Saturday full of inventory, you you might have to play that game late at night to even get on somewhere on ESPN two or or somewhere else. It just it's the, not a. <clears throat> now I would say those aren't desirable options at home. Thankfully, you have the other three Power Five games at home in Purdue and the and Washington State and Oregon. If if those are all agreed to, which the Purdue one's under contract, and you will play Washington State. I find, but what I, about the, <clears throat> the, the the Civil War? I find it interesting that Oregon's in there. I mean, yeah, I thought we weren't going to play Oregon. You know, yeah, unless... yeah, yeah. Given given that Oregon agrees and the negotiations go through and the buyout with Boise State works and they can agree to a home and home, in which case Oregon State would get that television money from a Civil War game down the road. Now, whether it be they play on the road next season in Eugene. I don't know how the money would work out there if they played there for the second year in a row. I assume if they're playing next year, they're playing here. I don't think they will do Eugene two week, two years in a row. If they yeah. do play in Eugene next, probably the year after, I would say, give a year break, play in Eugene in 2025, back here in 2026. And we talked about this yesterday. The Apple Cup is going to continue as the Huskies are on the Washington State schedule already for next year. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, they they... Washington State doesn't seem to have a problem playing the Huskies. Uh-huh. Um, so we'll see what happens in terms of the Beavers and the Ducks in the future. And I think the most important thing about that schedule is it gives you a chance for a playoff. And not only a playoff and an automatic bid, 
that because we don't know how that's all officially going to be sorted out yet. I think there still needs to be more figured out in that sense. But not only would you have a chance at your auto bid in the playoff, should it stay for next so it, year. So in the 12-team playoff, who gets automatic bids in the 12-team The power five. Next year? The power, power five, so that's five slots the of the 12. Group of five. However, it is trying to be amended to four auto right. bids, and the top group of five get the auto bid and eliminate the fifth power five. But, again, Kirk Schultz has to agree to that, and they're, he's going to leverage that into some negotiations, mm-hmm. perhaps more guaranteed money for Oregon State and Washington State out of the agreement. If I agree to this, we get more money. Yeah, from ESPN and, and and from Fox and and the rights holders of the college football playoff. But last thing before we take a break, I do want to replay that Jonathan cut from earlier in case you didn't hear it at the top of the show. But not only does that schedule give you a chance at an automatic bid, should that automatic bid go away, you could get an at-large bid out of that schedule too. That's good enough. Yeah. It's good enough, especially <clears throat> with some of those marquee games. That is a good enough schedule if you win eleven games. To grab an at-large. Oh, bid. if that if that is in fact close to what the schedule is mm-hmm. going to look like, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's tons of marquee games there, and that gets you on television. That gives you exposure, and in the end, uh, gives you something to sell to your own players, to high school rep- recruits, to portal kids, and to coaches, which Oregon State all hopes to keep throughout next season. Let's take a break. Back with to wrap up this first hour of the Joe Beaver Show after this on Joe Radio. For auto glass solutions, better call a glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glass Man. Do you need to repair or replace your windshield? Do you have questions? Stop by or give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call a glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Well, it's the weekend. I was just settling in to enjoy a beaver football game when I heard a horrible sound. When are you going to start working on that hardwood floor in the den? We can't use the room until it's done. I would, but I don't have all the equipment. That's no excuse. You can rent a floor sander, a floor nailer, and everything you need at Philomath Rental. And they're open seven days a week, so you can get out there today. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Work smarter, not harder. Philomath Rental. Free guac? Not just any guacamole. Qdoba's guac is made fresh every day with avocados from Mexico and grown with love. Free queso? Not just any queso, but Qdoba's mouth-watering three cheese queso. Qdoba doesn't shy away from guac and queso. Add guac and queso to any entree free all day, every day. Qdoba Mexican Eats, making the world a flavorful place without charging extra. Do you enjoy trap shooting? It takes quite a bit of skill and practice. For networking, friendships, and a safe place to shoot, join the Albany Gun Club. It's only $25 a year, and you'll receive a discount on rounds that will quickly cover your membership costs. They're holding a meet shoot December 2nd with novice, intermediate, and expert levels. Entry tickets are just $5, with a chance to win bacon, turkey, and sausage. The Albany Gun Club, three and three quarters miles east of I-5 on Highway 20. Bring your shotgun and shells. Shooting starts at 9. For more info, go to albanygunclub.com. Futon Man isn't just about futons anymore. In addition to futons, futon frames, and covers, Futon Man now also carries platform beds, bunk beds, and can even make custom mattresses for your RV. So if you're expecting out-of-town guests and you're not sure where they're going to sleep, you could add on a bedroom to the house. Or an easier solution would be to stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99 or online at futon-man.com. 
Kubota LX Series tractors are the number one rated tractor brand for durability and owner experience in the United States and are the answer to having quality, comfort, and versatility. Kubota LX Series tractors are four-wheel drive and come with easy-to-operate three-range hydrostatic transmission. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information. We're still doing business the American way. Sunday on the Las Vegas Raiders radio network, the silver and black play host to the Kansas City Chiefs. Hi, this is Tim Cates. Join Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy for all the action. The Raiders looking to bounce back after a tough loss in Miami, while the Chiefs come in hungry for a win after a loss on Monday night. It's the Las Vegas Raiders and Kansas City Chiefs. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Free game at 1245 on Joe Radio. Alrighty, back on the Joe Beaver Show. TJ Matthewson and Doug Blair in for Mike Parker and John Warren. John's in New York. Mike recovering his voice uh, at home. Hopefully he will be good to go by uh, by Friday for the rivalry game. The old lemon tea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hot lemon tea is a, is a good remedy. At least that's worked for me in the past. A lot, lot of lemon tea for, uh, for Doc, as I'm sure he's listening right yep. now. Yep. Uh, so... Here's the kind of sources we have here, Dougie. This is the kind of sources we have available to us on the University Honda text line. Let's see. Uh, I don't think I have a, a John and Tiger uh, with a source. <laughs> Just verified with my son who works for the football team that Smith was at practice today, for those who are worrying. So he wasn't in East Lansing? No, he was not. Yeah. No. But again, check and the tail numbers. Did anyone in East Lansing come here? Oh. Yeah, that's a good question. That, I would have been surprised if... Uh, Rivalry week, short week, game Friday, that, that Jonathan would spend an entire day at Michigan State. <laughs> right. 541-497-5356. Want to hear your thoughts to many of the things we've talked about in this first hour. Jonathan Smith's comments on John Canzano's show, a proposed schedule I put out last segment, Damian Martinez's comments today that came out in the Oregonian. 541-497-5356, the Downward Dog phone line, and the University Honda text line. We have Steve Tannen from 95.3 The Score coming up at 12.05 to preview the football game on Friday. One last note from CBB on the University Honda text line. He, he mentioned this, and that was not in that proposed schedule I, I looked at. Cal and Stanford both have open slots next year, too. They do. That oh. would be good games, especially if you want to fill up one of, I don't know, Rice or UConn instead of uh, instead of Rice or UConn, you play Cal or Stanford, well, which are higher-profile games and easier to sell. I'd like that. Yeah, and better for uh, TV ratings, Plus too. Plus, both, both, both programs are currently down, too. Yeah. So now's yeah. the time to play them. 541-497-5356. To the Downward Dog phone line we go. And Dave. Dave, good morning. Hey, I didn't catch a lot of the first hour, but I think this probably is along the same lines. I know I texted in late yesterday um, with a question. Um so DJ has has said that he uh, isn't going to make an announcement until after a bowl game, whether he's staying or going or what mm-hmm. his intentions are, which I think is really good because he's not going to be a distraction at this point, right? Um, you know, the only thing better could be he's, you know, you know, announce that he's, you know. It, I guess my biggest question is if he decides to stay, um, where does that leave the program quarterback-wise? Does, do you think Childs stays? Do you think that they're going to have trouble in that time if he does decide to stay, or do you think maybe the coaches even go to the point in saying, 
we're we're probably going to go with Charles at this point because we can't lose him. Yeah, it's a good question. Oh, I think if DJ comes back next year, he's starting. I don't think I don't think that's a question. I I don't know if there's much of a I would say a debate. Like I I don't think DJ is coming back to not start next year. Like that would just be a waste of his time uh, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Now, then does Aiden Giles stay? I, I, no, I don't think he does. No, just to be just to be frank, he think he's probably good enough to start many places next year as a I sophomore. Agree. He's had well, have had a year and a half in the program by the time next fall rolls around. So I, you know, he's. You, you, it's probably crappy to say, but he would not. No, he wouldn't if DJ decides to come back. Yeah, and that was kind of my question. Was you know at that point, if DJ said I want to come back, does the coaching mm-hmm. staff even say that's an option, or they say we we want to get need to move on? We, we went out and got Charles. Also, they could say that. Hand. They could say that. They could absolutely say that. Because Aiden Giles is, 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 you know, the future if, if of they, football. If they think right they would yeah. rather have Aiden Giles at quarterback next year than DJ, then that, that's what they'll tell him. Because I, I think the one good thing, like, the not the one good thing, one of the many good things about this coaching staff and what Jonathan says, and that's how they got Giles here, is that they're very transparent. And that if that's truly how they feel, Dave, that's what they'll tell DJ if he, just, if he says he wants to come back and they think otherwise. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's great. I guess my only other question would be, what, what would you and the uh, fans prefer? You Me? know, the other callers. The other yeah, well, Dougie, what question. would you prefer? Well, you know, if Aiden Charles is going to be the future of, of Beaver football, get it going. Yeah, uh, is kind of my feeling. Dave, what do you think? I, I'd have to say the same thing. I mean, because at, at best, all you're doing is giving DJ uh, uh, another opportunity to showcase himself at the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he hasn't, the only reason he stays right is because he hasn't shown what he can really do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only other thing I'd say is Smith, when he gets a second year with a the quarterback, they make, you know, he's proven that those guys really make huge jumps in that second mm-hmm. year in the program, not necessarily the first. So, I mean, it would be a huge benefit for him to stay. It could be a huge benefit for the team mm-hmm. to have that experience. But at, at that point, you know it's a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know I want to risk Charles. Losing yeah. Charles and seeing him go down the road, where does that leave us? Exactly. So, yeah, no, it's, exactly. it's definitely a discussion they'll be having next week. Thank you for the call, Dave. We're he- heading towards the top of the hour. The, the, the meetings during the NCAA dead period next week between Jonathan, the coaches, and the position groups will you know, will be transparent and honest next week. And in that quarterback room, that's going to be a discussion that is had. 100%. You have to. You have to have that discussion with two very valuable assets on your roster in DJ and Aiden. Yeah, because uh, like you say, if, if DJ's going to be the quarterback next year, I would be surprised if Aiden Child stays. Right, I and would be too. That's the deal. He's yeah. just that talented, and he's yep. that good. So a lot to discuss here over the coming weeks, especially with the portal opening up on the 4th. Steve Tannen from 95.3 The Score in Eugene will join us at 12.05. More texts and calls next hour as well on The Joe Beaver Show. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. This is a Bloomberg Money Minute. U.S. consumers have already spent over $63 billion online in the first 20 days of the holiday shopping season. That's 5% higher than a year ago and ahead of what Adobe Analytics expected. And it says the boost in spending is due to demand, not higher prices. Toys, appliances, apparel, the big draws. 
First-time jobless claims last week plunging by 24,000, the biggest drop since June. On Wall Street, that's helping stocks move higher, along with interest rates falling to a two-month low, now 7.29% on average for a 30-year fixed loan, according to Freddie Mac. Right now, that's got the Dow and the S&P up about half a percent, the NASDAQ two-thirds percent higher. And what's the best kind of dog to own for the money? Well, the Wall Street Journal did the math and said it's the Rat Terrier, a real breed, has a 15-year average lifespan, low maintenance, low insurance costs, and it's the perfect pet to have if you happen to have a rat problem. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Radio. At Albin's Plumbing, we're boring. Hi, I'm Katie Albin, and I want everyone to know that at Albin's Plumbing, we're boring. Directional boring, to be exact. So if you need to run a pipe underground, under a driveway, or under a sidewalk, and you don't want to destroy your yard in the process, the boring people at Albin's Plumbing can help you with your directional boring. Just give us a call. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing. Do you enjoy trap shooting? It takes quite a bit of skill and practice. For networking, friendships, and a safe place to shoot, join the Albany Gun Club. It's only $25 a year, and you'll receive a discount on rounds that will quickly cover your membership costs. They're holding a meet shoot December 2nd with novice, intermediate, and expert levels. Entry tickets are just $5, with a chance to win bacon, turkey, and sausage. The Albany Gun Club, three and three quarters miles east of I-5 on Highway 20. Bring your shotgun and shells. Shooting starts at 9. For more info, go to albanygunclub.com. Need a passport or visa picture for any foreign country, including Canada? Wise Photo Printing can help. Need to transfer an old video or film to a digital format? Wise Photo Printing can help. Looking to restore or manipulate an image, or do you need a high-resolution scan of a print negative or a slide? Wise Photo Printing can help. They have a self-service kiosk, too. Wise Photo Printing, 6th and Adams next to Ball Studios in downtown Corvallis, helping you get it done. Open Tuesday through Friday from 10 until 6. If you need a new roof, see Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, voted by readers of the Albany Democrat Herald as the best roofer in the Valley in 2021 and 2022. Hi, this is Doug Blair. When Stutzman and Krupp did my roof a few years ago, what I really liked is they had a large team of roofers, so they got in and got it done. And did it in just one day. It was great, and there's financing available too. Callers stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, they do it right. CCB 96278. Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, here with another Golf Minute on how to make your pitch shots bite. Nothing is more frustrating than executing a great pitch shot, thinking you've knocked it stiff, only to have it land on the green without any spin and running past the hole. Here's some advice to help you land your pitches on target, then grab the green. When hitting your pitch shot, on your backswing, point your thumbs to the sky and the butt end of the club at the ground. On your downswing, come down sharply into the ball to get it rolling up the club face. That's key. Once you have made contact, stop your hands and arms abruptly at waist high, keeping them in your club low. The faster you accelerate, then stop, the more the ball will run up the face of the club and grab in the grooves. So remember, if you want to get some spin on the ball, accelerate, then stop to get some check. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. What's for dinner? Burgers? After last week? No thanks. Avoiding foods due to fear of diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or loose oily stools? 
It may not be just stomach issues. It could be EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. EPI can cause uncomfortable symptoms because it's a condition where the pancreas doesn't release enough digestive enzymes to break down food. But EPI can be managed. Use the symptom checker on identifyepi.com and talk to your doctor about your symptoms. That's identifyepi.com. Sponsored by Abby. My name is Giorgio Setis. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Nutrafol. My hair started thinning in my early 20s. I took a pharmaceutical drug, but unfortunately I suffered from sexual dysfunction. Having to choose between my hair and my health was not really a fair choice. So we created Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement. Join the one million people growing at Nutrafol.com slash men. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men. The Joe Beaver Show is on the air. Are you ready? Just like Donald Trump, Macho Man. I hope you're ready, brother. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready, Woodrow. You ready? I was born ready. Ready? No, I was ready. Lee, ready. John and Mike are ready with all manner of meaningful dialogue, email, bits and bytes, tweets and texts. Oh, I see you take care of both sides of the conversation. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Joe Beaver Show. There's never been anything like this. Refreshing, your greatest creation. Genius, work of genius. And there they go. Into hour number two of the Joe Beaver Show, TJ Matthewson and Doug Blair in for Mike Parker and John Warren. John out east with the basketball team, a 3.30 pregame, 4 o'clock tip against the Baylor Bears tonight here on Joe Radio. Mike recovering his voice uh, from what has been a, a really emotional weekend and week in Oregon State sports. Plenty to talk about. Uh, with the Jonathan Smith comments this morning, Damian Martinez returning next season, the mock schedule I proposed. I want to rehash a little bit of that uh, at the bottom of this hour, unless we get a last-minute guest from women's basketball. But I'm going to take a guess that we haven't, since we have not heard back now, I'm going to guess no on getting a women's basketball player at 12.30. But here at 12.05, we're happy to welcome on the afternoon drive host at 95.3 The Score in Eugene, Steve Tannen, who show... I got to appear on yesterday and now joins the Joe Beaver Show today to talk a little uh, little rivalry series game on Friday. Steve, thanks for taking some time for us. How are you? All's well. Great time of year. Obviously a huge game. And uh, always happy to be on up north. Well, Steve, uh, so you've been here in the state of Oregon and, and, and Eugene for, for quite a while. I think you mentioned 34 years, correct? Yep, got here April 5th, 1990. Wow. Well, if it makes you feel any better, uh, you've been there nine more years than I've been alive. So um, so that, I'm sure, that, makes you feel better. That should make you feel better. Yeah. I don't know about me. And I, and I don't feel any better either because I remember your first year there. So That's great. I've been around too long. So you see now 34 years of this series, Steve, coming, coming from the East Coast and now all of the conversations about what the, the uncertainty of not what next year holds for Oregon State football and of this series. How, how would you think this series is going to continue? And, and I would say how important is, uh, is it from a Duck perspective that they keep playing this game? Well, you know, first of all, the, the fact that this, the greatest conference in sports top to bottom ever, 
I don't really think it's a debate or negotiable. I know Bill Walton uh, plays it to death, but as somebody who grew up back east and dates to when Walton played, actually when Kareem played and fell in love with this conference, I mean, when I think about Larry Scott, the previous commissioner, George Kleofkoff, and how they couldn't keep this together, whether it was Larry Scott being more worried about living in luxury, moving the headquarters from Walnut Creek to San Francisco, not selling the Pac-12 network. I got to tell you, it, it fills me with fury because it didn't have to be this way. And like you and I were talking about yesterday, I get that most Oregon fans want to keep this going. I mean, I, I couldn't have told you the difference between a duck and a beaver growing up in the 70s and 80s. But to get out here and see where both programs have gone and this becoming a cute little regional thing into, at times, uh, a key national game with playoff and conference implications, I mean, it, it really pisses me off that it's come to this. Do you think the Ducks would be okay coming up and playing a game here every other year, even with the teams not in separate conferences, with the teams being in separate conferences? I don't see why not. I mean, especially now, you know, once upon a time when it was the BCS and a loss could be fatal if you weren't going to be one of two. Then with the, uh, you know, since 2014, with even four teams, you had to be a little more cautious because of the danger of a defeat. But now with it expanding to 12 games, and if you truly believe that you are a next-level program that will consistently compete even in the Big Ten, you're going to need that substantial out-of-conference game and to put one on your schedule that will have some national recognition, obviously will ignite the fan base, and especially it'll probably be in September, so it'll always be a huge game. I, I can't imagine that would be an issue. Steve Tannen joining us from 95.3 The Score in Eugene. Been there for over 30 years. What have been, so let's switch to the gears to the game itself a little bit, the one on Friday. If there's, I would say, a sentiment or message you're getting from Duck fans, from just feedback for your show and, and around the Duck community, what, what are they looking at and fearing the most from this Oregon State team come Friday? Well, I think that, Last November 26th, it's still fresh in a lot of people's minds. Heard Coach Landing talking about it. You know, sometimes coaches or players are like, the past is the past. They're not even thinking about next week. You know, Chip Kelly's mentality was win the day, just focus on the task at hand. But with the way they got manhandled last year, when, in essence, Oregon State with that great offensive line running game, you knew they were struggling throwing the ball, they basically came out and said, ahem, we're going to run the ball. We dare you to stop it. And Oregon never did once. Mm -hmm. You could tell what Landing and his guys did in the offseason. You know, they added depth. They beefed up on the line. They got a little more physical. Um, last year's loss to Oregon State really kind of planted the seed that, that some changes had to be made. And wasn't, Steve, wasn't there a, a lot of guys who were draft eligible came back just because of that game, no? Oh, absolutely. Well, I think starting with Bo Nix mm -hmm. probably helped. Um, and, you know, you look up and down. But uh, you remember one thing, even though 
OSU was thought of more of last games as a running team. They added some depth in the secondary between Tysheem Johnson, Kyrie Jackson, Evan Williams, and they're a little more physical. They just got this uh, transfer from Iowa who just healed up Justin Jacobs, who was more prototypical uh, Big Ten Big guy in the middle, um, Brandon Dorless, absolutely returned. He's an NFL talent. So, like I said, they they left last season with a chip on their shoulder. And while obviously they've been good enough to be laser focused on the games they've been playing, this one this one has stuck with them for almost a year now. Steve, one thing I think the Beaver fans are are concerned about. If you look at last year's game, you just alluded to it. The Beavers pretty much ran the ball. Didn't throw the ball in the second half and beat Oregon. But the Ducks this year have improved in their rush defense. They're allowing, what, 96 yards a game. And so they've, they've, um, they're a lot better in that area, and that's, uh, uh, you know, that's good for Oregon, obviously. And, and it, it's going to be maybe more difficult this year for the Beavers to successfully run the ball um, on, on the Ducks. Yeah, what Oregon has done is uh, built depth on the defensive side of the ball. Um, at times last year against Washington, against Oregon State, um, and, and in other games that were really tight until the end, they did not have the kind of just beef. They didn't have the kind of depth. They would get worn down a little bit at the end, so it was on the offense to outscore the other team. But what we've seen this year on the defensive side of the ball with some of the freshmen, you know, a DJU's brother, um, Jordan Birch, who's a uh, transfer from South Carolina, and uh, guys like Casey Rogers, Keon Ware Hudson, just up front, that rotation, seven, eight deep, has kept them fresh. And actually, in the latter part of games, they've been the one who seemed to have had the upper hand physically and wore the other team down. So that's been a huge 180 from the 2022 team. Let's take a look at Bo Dix. Um... You know, 3,500 yards passing, 35 touchdowns, and he's only thrown two interceptions. I mean, that's that's remarkable. The uh, and, and one of those interceptions was to start the, I think it was the USC game, and it hit Tez Johnson right in the numbers, bounced up when it was intercepted. So really, only one was his fault. But the, the thing about Bo is, when he signed to come here prior to last year, you cannot find me one person, I don't care if it's TV, digital, online, the social media, that was like, wow, this is going to be a difference maker. Because he had been eh, okay at Auburn, but this transformation into a guy that the coaches, I mean, his offensive coordinator, Will Stein, his coach, Dan Lanning, say sometimes when they're discussing what plays to call, you know, he'll have the final say. When I don't know if I've ever seen that in college, maybe outside of Peyton Manning at Tennessee. I mean, he did something a few games back. He walked up to the line, and he definitely called an audible. And then I think he audibled out of the audible when he saw what the defense looked like and ended up throwing a touchdown pass out of the backfield to Jordan James. So he just has this innate ability to know where he's going with the ball 
and just, I, I always joke around, the Intel people should contact him <laughs> because it's like they got a Pentium 4 processor. I think Bo's got a Pentium 8 in his head. <laughs> Steve, Steve Dannett joining us here on the Joe Beaver Show. Steve, I'm trying to find a weakness on this Oregon roster. I, I can't really find one. Is there one? <laughs> now, now, if I point it out and it blows up in my face, you're going to ruin my day. Uh, <laughs> no, they're, they're pretty solid. Um, what happened was, I think going into last year, it was more reputation. With Noah Sewell, it was like, wow, this could be a real playmaking group at linebacker. And it just wasn't. Same thing up front. So with the changes they've made, and of course it's important to understand with Dan Lanning, a defensive coach, and Tosh Lapoy, his defensive coordinator, this is their second year. So I think just naturally there's going to be improvement on that side of the ball. But as far as a weakness, um, you know, they've got this stable of receivers, two really good tight ends. Um, I'll tell you what, and by the way, what are there, 130 FBS teams? Probably 126 could say this. I don't know if I have absolute faith in the backup quarterback. So yeah. there, <laughs> kind of a cop-out, but that's my answer. <laughs> Steve Dannon joining us. Uh, there's another thing I, I, that kind of stands out when looking at Oregon. Didn't exactly play the hardest schedule in the world this season. Pretty much the, the soft underbelly of the Pac-12. Oregon took a lot of time beating up on that, uh, on, on those worst teams in the conference. Is... The, are some of these stats a little bit inflated, to, you know, taking advantage of the Stanfords, the Arizona States, the, the Colorado who turned out when they faced them was a ranked matchup, but has turned out to be quite what we expected them to be at the beginning of the season. Is there a sense of, of inflation of, of how for how the Ducks have been performing this season? Well, let's not forget, if you include the non-conference, yeah. they scored 136 points against Portland State and Hawaii. Yeah. But remember, when they played Colorado, they were the toast of the town. Yeah. So they put Colorado in their place. Stanford, we knew, was going to be kind of a punching bag. I think with Washington State, they've been kind of an inconsistent X factor all year. You know, they got Utah when it was determined there was going to be no Cam Rising. But if you play a lesser schedule and you're just getting by by the skin of your, you know, the hair of your chinny mm-hmm. chin chin, it's one thing. But they're winning those games 81 7, 42 6, 63 19, 35 6. So you can only play the opponent in front of you. And if you're superior, you got to bury them. And especially recently, they have been because. You hear a lot of national conversations about where they're ranked is one thing and how much you want to play them right now is another. So, Steve, I think it would be fair to say then, like this is going to be the, the biggest test since that Washington game pretty, pretty easily when, when Oregon State comes to Austin. Oh, no question. Um, you know, the, the, the pro, first of all, just as somebody who I may work for the Duck Station, but my relationship with Mike and John Warren and, you know, times they've come on my show, their show, all the people I've uh, known who work for Oregon State. What, what Jonathan Smith has built based on what he took over when the Gary Anderson mess hit, I mean, I, I know you don't take it for granted and the people who follow the program, but for somebody who's listening who might not be aware, I'm sorry, it's a magic act mm-hmm. to turn what he was handed and turn them into a conference power and, you know, a 10-win team and somebody who's been in the hunt for a conference championship. So, 
nobody in their right mind is taking this game for granted or being dismissive of OSU. I mean, would they would they lose three games this year by a field goal, a field goal, eight, and a, eight, and a eight, eight combined points? points. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like you and I were talking about yesterday, TJ. It's been a good season. It's a really good team, but there's probably that source of frustration. Like, oh. Why didn't they start better against Washington mm-hmm. State? You know, the, the fake field goal, and you can go on and on and on. But no, nobody who has even a clue as to uh, the, the capability of this Oregon State team is looking at this and thinking, man, can't wait to play Washington in the Pac-12 title game. No, 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 no. This is a first things first game. One stat that really sticks out as I look at the team comparisons, and I think a lot of this, is, of course, is Bo Nix and his ability to run the offense. Oregon is converting on third down this year, fifty-three percent of the time. That's that's a great stat. Yeah, it's because of the diversity of their offense. Um, he doesn't get a lot of publicity, but Terrence Ferguson, their tight end, is really a reliable receiver. And you know that's after you have to worry about Bucky Irving and of course uh, Troy Franklin, who's been remarkable now, a record setter, and you know the Ted Johnson, who I alluded to earlier. Not to mention the fact that Bo has this ridiculous accuracy. So I think what happens is you know down in distance, and they've also converted some long ones, third and twenty, third and seventeen. So when Oregon breaks the huddle, third down. The opposition's defense, they can't, you know, focus in on one area or one player because with uh, Nix's ability to find open receivers or process, like I said earlier, I mean, it's almost a pick-your-poison situation. Steve Tannen joining us. Last thing, Steve, from me. So we've had in the last, I would say, week and a half, plenty of rumors swirling around around both the programs and Dan Lanning's name as soon as the Texas A&M job came open, had his name thrown in there, and he gave his response. Last week, Jonathan Smith was on Canzano's show yesterday and had some things to say there as well. Do you have an an idea or a thought about, you know, these rumors swirling around as it regards to both these head coaches and where their futures may lie? I can't imagine, and I've always said to people, look, Lanning is a 37-year-old second-year coach making $7 million a year that's only going to get bigger. But until somebody picks up the phone and says, you know, we could offer you $12 million a year, you really don't know. I believe he's committed here for, I can't say forever, that he's going to be like a Paterno or a Bowden or a Kyle Whittingham or something like that. But if he were to leave, over the next four to five years, I'd be surprised. And if Jonathan Smith leaves, I, I know um, that there was an announcement today that they're really working on it. <laughs> and I've been kind of joking, and even though I'm, I'm, I work and cover the Ducks, it's like if Jonathan Smith had to leave because of what happened to the conference, I said to my wife, if I ever see Larry Scott in an airport, I'm going to go <laughs> Jersey on him. <laughs> I, I just, just tick me off, because that would be just... Uh, a residual tragedy because there's a guy who belongs at OSU and the the circumstance, the landscape is not his fault. It's not even Oregon State's fault. So I I have a gut feeling that Lanning's staying, 
I have a pissed off feeling that if Smith left, it, 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 it would just be infuriating because there was nothing the program, uh, the administration, or in essence, he did wrong. Right, right. right. Yeah, exactly. Steve, this is awesome. Appreciate you taking some time to join us. It's a, it's a big game on Friday. I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about after. Thanks for taking some time for us, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Hey, appreciate it. You guys have a, to all of you, have a healthy and a happy holiday. Hope to talk you again too. soon. All right, yeah. sounds good. That's Steve Tannen, afternoon drive host at 95.3 The Score in Eugene. I, I can't believe he's been there for 34 years. Yeah. Because I remember when he first came. I really do. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I go back that far. But anyway, he's, he's done a great job down there. Awesome stuff there from Steve Tannen. Let's break. We have plenty of more to discuss. 541-497-5356. Open phones for the rest of this program. I also want to get your reaction on the University Honda text line to many of the things we've talked about today. Jonathan Smith, rumors swirling around the proposed schedule I threw out last segment. Some of the comments Damian Martinez made to the Oregonian. And there's also one more thing that I haven't gotten to get to yet that I want to get your thoughts on. We've heard a lot of people make their opinions loud and clear on the University Honda text line, but I have a couple sound bites I want to play with the two head coaches that relate directly to that situation, we'll and, talk about that. And next. we're going to play a soundbite. Yes, that goes back into history. Yes, we will. By by popular request, popular we're going to play Andrews once again before a Civil War game back in the seventies. That and more next on the Joe Beaver Show. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis, and they represent numerous insurance companies. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see Mike Eaves, Taylor Starr. Chad Sherwood. They'll help you find an insurance plan that works best for you. Call or stop by at 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. Unified Insurance Group, your hometown team, always putting you first. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541-758-8. Eight two four five Edward Jones, number SIPC. Weddings, anniversaries, holiday parties, corporate events, large or small, make them spectacular with Forks and Corks Catering. From delicious bites to signature cocktails, they'll ensure an experience that is a delight for you and your guests. With their fresh cuisine, artful presentation, and polished service, Forks and Corks always creates a spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that the holiday season is a special time with special meaning with a focus on connecting with families and friends. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants, always delivered fresh for any occasion. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. 
University Hero and Fifth Street Growlers has a new name. It's now Beaver City Sports Bar and Deli. The name may have changed, but their sub sandwiches are still made on bread that's never been frozen and served just hours after it's been baked. There's one of the best beer selections in town with prices so low, it's like happy hour all day, every day. There's wine, ciders, and sours too, plus a full bar with a lot of TVs to cheer on the beeves. Say you heard this ad and receive a small drink and bag of chips for free with your meal order. Beaver City Sports Bar and Deli on Fifth Street in downtown Corvallis. As a locally owned company for 24 years, the Barbers is excited to support the Beavers and youth athletics throughout the area. Come in and get the works. A full service experience, including a precise haircut, a relaxing shampoo, scalp massage, and hot leather neck shave. When it comes to men's grooming, nothing beats a true barbershop experience. The Barbers are now doing same-day appointments, so stop by and get yourself ready for game day. Find a location near you at thebarbersonline.com. The Barbers, where guys go for great cuts. The fall means it's time for Oregon State football, a new season and a bowl game at the end of the year. It's also a good time to look at that home remodeling project. If you need new carpet, countertops, luxury vinyl, or window coverings, see the staff at Corvallis Floor Covering. They've been coaching Beaver fans and helping you get it done for over 30 years. Stop by and see their showroom full of all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Build the dam. Michael takes her to the basket! Slam dunk! Go Beavs! Hope shoots for the tie, hits it! The Beavers complete the comeback on Senior Day. Our Oregon State Beavers play here on the Beavers Sports Network from Learfield. The Beavers are back in action Wednesday in the NIT season tip-off at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn against the Baylor Bears. Pre-game starts at 3.30 on Joe Radio. Back on the Joe Beaver Show, hour number two on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. No show tomorrow, no show Friday. Dougie and I will be on the air with the Tailgate Show Friday at 1.30. So hopefully everyone has a safe and happy holiday. My folks are down here, staying just down the road from this very here station. We'll have Thanksgiving tomorrow, so I don't have to travel anywhere. That's great. Friday's big game. Appreciate them uh, coming down, and our dog made the trip as well, so it's nice. Nice little little spot we have down there in uh, South Albany. When you think of the Civil War, there's nobody that um, took the Civil War more seriously and had more emotion about the game than um, ex-football coach DeAndros, great guy, the great pumpkin, as he was called. And um, back in those days, uh, they would have a... um, uh, an open uh, luncheon the week prior to the Civil War that Beaver fans could attend, and the coach would talk about the game. So we're going to go back in history to 1972, and this was a, a Beaver Club uh, luncheon right before the Civil War. The Beavers went into the game that year having won eight straight Civil Wars. And so DeAndros is talking about trying to make it another one against the Ducks, and... Uh, Here's what he had to say. And nobody had to tell me this morning that it was civil war around here. Listen, my guts are hurting. And usually that doesn't start the Friday night. But it's Monday and I, I'm telling you, I'm already fired up. I can't, I can't even think about nothing but those ducks. We've already got one of the things I guarantee. That proves I'm half right. Now if we can just go out and get another one, I'll be whole right. 
And maybe some of you people will forgive me for what happened here. Seriously, I know that this is going to be another one of those games uh, that uh, possibly could be like the one a year ago. I know that, that uh, we will meet a team, in my opinion, will be probably as dedicated, if not more dedicated, than any team that we have ever met because of a lot of things, because they are tired of losing. They are, they are uh, sick and tired of hearing the Beavers gloat over the winds, and they're going to pay a price. I have no qualms about that. They're going to be the most dedicated football team that we have ever met. Now then, when you know what you're going up against, you better bite down and cut up and get ready to play them under the same circumstances. I think our football team will be as dedicated as they have ever been in their lives. And if we are that type of a dedicated football team, then we can make it nine in a row, and I can assure you, that there'll be no stone left unturned to where we will try to get after Fouts. We've got to get after him because he's a great passer. We've got to make him throw off balance. We've got to some way cover Speck, Lindsey, Palm, and other fine receivers they have. So as many of you are probably <laughs> ready to run through a wall now, uh, the Beavers ended up losing the next day. They 30 did. to 3. <laughs> How great was that, though? But that was DeAndros. He, um... Uh, he used to say the Civil War was for the right to live in Oregon. And uh, I asked him one time, I said, I said, so if you lose the game, do you have to move? And he said, well, I'm not really saying that totally, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you can't live in Oregon if you lose the Civil War. I mean, he, he really took it um, to heart, and, and his players uh, took it to heart, too, and his players would have uh, run through a cement wall for him. Great, great coach and had lots of success in uh, the Civil War. Yeah, and um, there are a there's a couple of sound bites here I do want to play regarding this game. I'll say just a, a couple of of different tones I would say from from both sides of it. Um, when it comes to because Dan Lanning had a quote after where he essentially said like said like this is our Super Bowl like. The tone did not, like, Jonathan Smith did not say those words. It, and Jonathan has a very different style of communication than Dan Lanning does. But I did think it was interesting the way both sides perceive it. Oregon State is so process-oriented that every game has to be the same because they have to have, no matter if they're playing Stanford or Oregon, it needs to be the same mentality both games because they both want to play their best at both those games. But I did think it was... I did think it was interesting. I don't think this is the, exactly the sound cut, but this is, I believe, Dan Lanning on Monday talking about the rivalry game. Yeah, this game's our Super Bowl, right? I mean, they're, they're obviously a really talented team. They're coached extremely well. Um, it's, I'm anxious to sit here and be able to watch some of their film. I've been able to watch some crossover film of what they've done so far this season, but I always feel like Jonathan has those guys playing their best football at the end of the season, and it's, it's a tough team. It's a resilient team. Um, I'm excited to see what our fans do when they show out to this game. But uh, this is a big one. So he, that is that. That's what Dan Lanning had to say. And I, you said so, like not their Super Bowl. That's all coach speak. It is coach speak. But yeah, I, I would yeah. say very. Uh, it's a, an important game because yeah. are, the Ducks want to, uh, you know, play in the Pac-12 championship and go on to the the college football playoffs. So it's an important game from that aspect. If Oregon State wins, 
uh, you know, the, the CFP is, 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 is down the drain. So it's an important game, but I wouldn't know if he actually means yeah. it's, it's like this. His, sure. his Super Bowl. Sure, and I will say the tone, you know, very Jonathan Smith-like and, again, very process-oriented of how he said what this game means to the players. Yeah, I think they're excited about it. You know, they uh, understand how you know, a quality opponent they are, but in the state it means a little bit more, and, and we're going to prepare to play an emotional game like that. Yeah, you know, the, the I, I miss... I miss the emotion of, of the Civil War game, but you don't see that as much anymore. And as I think about it, and you, you just listen to, to D. Andros and, and how he uh, got a little excited for the game. The one big difference between the Beavers and the Ducks back in the early 70s and uh, the Beavers and the Ducks now is you look at the rosters mm-hmm. of Oregon and Oregon State back in the early 70s. The majority of the kids were from the state of Oregon. Mm-hmm. And so they grew up either a duck or a beaver, and not liking the other school, so when they played each other, it was it was it was a big deal, um, a big deal because um, they grew up liking one team or the other. Now the majority of the rosters on both teams they're not kids from Oregon; mm-hmm. they're from California and Texas and throughout the entire country. So they don't have that lifelong um, uh, emotion about the. The, the rivalry game, the Civil War game that the players back in the early 70s did. Yeah. 541-497-5356. Want to get your thoughts on many of the things we've talked about today, whether on the Downward Dog phone line or the University Honda text line. 541-497-5356. Someone did just call but dropped, so if you do want to try calling back, can try and get that in. I want to, There are two more cuts I want to play okay. regarding this game and whether it should continue next season. And again, two different tones from two different sides. Here's what Jonathan Smith had to say on that subject, and I'll say what Dan Lanning said next. I, you know, that's not for me to decide. I think that it's been a long history of a series that um, uh, has been good for the for the state itself. I think for both programs, and so if it can work out, I think that'd be a good thing. Okay, well, that's what Jonathan had to say. I do see the phone is still ringing, so we'll get that here in a second. But here's what Dan Lanning had to say on this game continuing after this season. Yeah, I think, you know, games like this are really important, and it would be great if that's something we could can make happen and continue to make happen. I know everybody on our, our end would love to see that continue. So Oregon was a hard yes, a hard yep, clear yep, yes. For sure. And Jonathan was um, mm. like mm. the athletic department's working it out. We'll see what right happens. Now. We'll see what happens. Right. <laughs> yeah. So two, just two different tones. And I thought that was interesting when I was cutting up this audio yesterday of both coaches being asked the same question and different responses. I mean, clearly different responses. I'd be curious what, what the fan base for both schools feel. I think Oregon's fan base probably says, bring it on. Let's play the Beavers. Absolutely. I'm not so sure that's the case with the Oregon State fan base. Mm-hmm. 541-497-5356. Want to get your thoughts on many of the things we've talked about today. We do have a full, uh, both lines filled on the Downward Dog phone line. So first we'll go to Merrill Sr. Merrill, good afternoon. TJ, hi. I wanted to mention one thing about... Um, the great pumpkin. I, and I'm not sure if you guys mentioned it or not, but he was a Marine. Yes, he was. Pr- Iwo Jima. Pretty sh- Yep. He hit the shores of Iwo Jima. Yep. So, I mean, the guy, there was a lot to him, uh, even though he's, you know, a lot of bluster. But, man, underneath the covers was a lot of integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of lack of integrity and land Danning, he's not telling the truth. Um, multiple things. Number one, this isn't their Super Bowl. What, no. You know, 
you say it's coach speak. I just call it lying <laughs> um, because Jonathan would. Jonathan doesn't do that. I mean, he was right out there with the bald faced dude and all that. Um, and Steve Tannen, though, he's a good guy. I mean, I believe that guys like him want the Civil War, but nobody in that landfill football office wants it. They got their hands full with, you know, their next, uh, whatever their next elite step is. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, back to DJ. Interesting that he's, you know, on the fence here. Um, I hope he stays. Uh, I believe that he's a leader. Uh, he's grounded. And if Jonathan stays and he stays, there'll be room for Childs, too. It won't just be one series. It'll be one series in the first half and one series in the second half. And let's see what happens. Mm. Um, Do you think now, Charles would stay the, if that was if that was the promise? Do you think he would stay? He's pretty young. I mean, he's only eighteen, so I don't know what his family situation is. But I would assume his family wants him to kind of stay grounded somewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, move, moving around. I think the whole fraud time thing has shown moving around isn't going to make your next year or the year after. Yeah, you're right. Um, that's a that is a disaster, and I think not only parents but mm-hmm. um, high school athletes are observing and going, uh, "Why would I want to go there?" Yeah. Um, it's it was a flash in the pan, and it's over. And um, we'll see how long. And by the way, my last comment would be: Sure, if fraud time if fraud time gets fired next year, talk about the perfect fit for Jonathan. And I don't want it to happen, but <laughs> see you and Jonathan would be. Perfect. Would that be more? Anyway, I would say, is that a better opening than UCLA if Chip gets fired? I, I'm talking quality of life for Jonathan and his family. Yeah, I sure. Mean, he knows. I mean, he is from he knows the LA though. Basin. Yeah, he knows the LA Basin. But if you've lived there and you're out of there and you've experienced something else, you don't want to go back. That's <laughs> that's my personal take on it. Okay. Um, so thanks. I'll I'll be there at the at the landfill and we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Merrill. Five four one four nine seven. I've never heard Austin Stadium referred to as the landfill, but I five, like it. Three, five three five six. Like you should listen closer to the Colin show. I mean, it's been <laughs> it's been a running theme. Let's go to Paul on the Downward Dog phone line. Paul, good afternoon. Hey, hey, good afternoon, guys. And I don't know what to think about all that, but uh, I, I to expand on what Merrill said, I think that uh, it would be more than one series. I think that they would. Uh, if uh, DJ was having a tough game, I think they put Aiden in. Because if he was having a good game, I think it'd be more than one series. Next year? It all depends on, yeah, next year. It all mm. depends on the situation. So, you know. Yeah, I, I, I'm just trying to trying to think this through. But, like, I, I'm, try, I'm wondering, like, so DJ commits to come back next year. I mean, him getting yanked out if he's having a bad game probably isn't on – on his list of saying, okay, I'd like, you know, here's some assurances if I'm coming back because, you know, he does have leverage and he'd be coveted if he went back out and tried to transfer again. I, I, I don't to, know. I don't to know say he's going to have a bad game. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't you know, know the threat uh, the threat of benching him and putting Childs in. It might help Aiden Childs, but I don't know how that helps the dynamic between your quarterbacks and overall winning if there's a cloud hanging on for him uh, threatening to get benched because that's that's what happened in his last year at Clemson, mm-hmm. Paul. And it really affected his performance. Well, I, I'm not saying the threat of benching him. I'm just saying if he goes out in the first quarter and just 
has a bad quarter. I think you would leave Aiden Childs in. You, you give him the one series, he scores a touchdown, all right? Then the next time we got the ball, you put Aiden Childs back in, and he might not have such a great series. Then you go back to the – I'm not saying just pull him. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying that you, you might give Aiden Childs more than a couple of series. So if uh, if you – so. Here's what my thought on what you say. I hate cycling two quarterbacks. I think it throws off the rhythm of the offense. And I, and I think the – I'm sure receivers don't like it. I'm sure they'd rather have one guy back there who they know, like, you know, how hard is he throwing, what kind of routes does he like, what are his strengths, et cetera, et cetera, <laughs> instead of balancing between two quarterbacks. If I think – if there's confidence that you – that the coaches think <clears throat> and that you guys think <clears throat> that Childs – you know, your confident Childs will be good next year, then I would just – if DJ says he wants to come back, say, hey, we'd rather just have Childs in and play next year and start instead of have you back. Well, I, this is all so much speculation, but I don't think our wide receivers had much trouble when Childs came in. He threw some great passes, and he was not even – he wasn't even off the money like uh, like DJ was. You know, I mean, DJ on the, the Washington game, he threw, he threw some horrendous passes that were nowhere close to the here's, here's the conundrum. Uh, I don't know if he was. Here, here's the what? conundrum is that, is that, you know, look at, look at Oregon State this year. The three losses by a total of eight points. DJ really never had a benchable game. No, he didn't. I mean, not, not a game that was so bad that he should have been benched. He was, he was pretty competitive and looked, you know, for the most part, pretty good the entire season. So, you know, how do you handle Aiden Childs? I don't know. I, I think that's, that's going to be a tough, a tough situation. You, you, you can't necessarily say if you come back, we'll guarantee you more playing time because that maybe wouldn't be the case. I think in this world, Paul, you have to commit to one or the other. I don't think you get both. Well, that's, you're, you're probably right there, but this is all speculation. We have to wait mm-hmm. till after December 4th. You're right, right. <laughs> uh, anything else in your mind, Paul? Oh, nothing much, but I agree with what old Mr. Dave from Tumwater said. And a shout-out to Dave. I'm mm-hmm. only 40 miles from him today, so we'll give him a bug. Okay. Oh, sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. Thank you for the call, Paul. 541-497-5356. Jeff is in Corvallis. Jeff, good afternoon. Hi, guys. Sorry for the quality. I'm driving hands-free, so hopefully you can hear me. Yeah, we got you. Uh, great. Uh, a comment about DJ. And it, it'll maybe sound a little harsh, but as a Oregon State fan and uh, aligned with Washington State, we kind of know harsh. Um, I think DJ would be best for him to move along. And, and as far as stipulations for him, if he stays, is it's got to be DJ. You'll be our starter if you can beat out everybody else. Because I, I, I think it's got to be wide open. It can't be handed to him. Um, Unfortunately, I think he's a a C-plus passer. He's not much better than that. Previous caller mentioned that he missed people badly. It wasn't only that game. and He can throw a beautiful ball down the field and then throw it right into a defender's chest. So he's he's sporadic there, I think. Uh, And if I'm Aiden, just the way the world is today, I'm out I'm not going to get a fair shot if you mm-hmm. tell me I'm I'm benched before the yeah. competition yeah. for next year even starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree with you there, Jeff, and especially 
the playing time that Jonathan Smith recruited Aiden with. And when we talked to Aiden earlier this year and said, hey, they were transparent, they wanted to play me, they wanted to play me right away if I was ready. And they've shown him, you know, to a point he's ready because he's getting series and meaningful games. And he'll get another one on Friday uh, against Oregon. And you can't double back on that by having uh, a quarterback in front of him next season if they think that's the right choice. It, unless Aiden's patient is a patient person and is not in a rush, uh, which I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I would assume not, but I'm, I'm really not sure. I, I think that would be the only case where that would be we, we, uh, an acceptable We know thing. he likes it at Oregon State. Yeah, He's, we know He that. said he likes Oregon State. Mm-hmm. He's helped recruit for the Beavers. Yeah. So I think he'd like to stay here, but do the circumstances allow that to happen? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Got yeah, any- yeah. Sure, go ahead, Jeff. He would be, a, uh, he would be unique for his age group. Uh, and athleticism to be willing to sit on the bench one more year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would probably benefit from it some, but, um, you know, I, I'm ready to, to see him play because it's almost a little unfair to him only playing one series because he didn't even get a chance to warm up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a right. good point, Jeff. That's yeah. a good point. And, I mean, DJ talks about getting in a rhythm all, all the time. It's really hard to get in a rhythm when you only get uh, one drive. Anything else on your mind today, Jeff? Uh, oh, lots of things, but I'll leave it go there, and you guys have a happy Thanksgiving. You All right, too. appreciate it, Thanks Jeff. For Thanks calling. for the call. 541-497-5356, the Downward Dog phone line, and the University Honda text line. We'll go to Harold and Sandy before we break. Harold, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I I think that Child starts next year because he has the one thing that uh, DJ doesn't have. He doesn't have touch on the ball. Hmm. Okay. DJ doesn't have the the ability to throw the ball over a defender. He sure likes to throw it through him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or else he'll throw it in the ground. Yeah. Well, I, 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 wouldn't, I don't know if I do. You, are, I'm not totally certain. Like, I, I agree with you that DJ doesn't really have that much touch. I think his accuracy speaks for itself. I'm just not sold yet that Childs does. Not yet. Well, uh, he could, but he yeah, doesn't yet. Well, I, I do. But I think that that DJ would be smart because he's got an arm. Go over and talk to Mitch Cannon this summer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because <laughs> he was drafted by the Dodgers as a pitcher, and Cannon could use a pitcher. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think uh, I think he does. he would still technically have eligibility for baseball if he wants it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, he, and he's got a lot of eligibility. And, and I do think that, that that's where he would – He'd really stand out, and that's where he'd make the money. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to make it in football. All Not right. a lot of money, anyhow. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, anything else on your mind today, Harold? No, sir. That thank I just wish you guys a very happy Thanksgiving. You too. Well, thank you. Thanks for the call. Thank you for that, Harold. Five four one four nine seven five three five six. Open phones for the final ten. He minutes. does bring up an interesting point, mm-hmm. and I, I do agree that DJ doesn't have. He throws a great spiral. He does. But uh, sometimes it's, it's it's without touch. It is without touch. Yeah. And you need touch to be, you know, the, uh, an elite quarterback, a truly elite thrower of the football. And I'm not quite like sure we, he's like there yet. Like we saw last weekend but, in Mr. Penix. Yeah, but I will push back. I'm not quite sure Aiden at 18 years old quite has that touch either. He could t- show us all next year. He does. But right now, I don't know if I can one, absolutely say One that. thing I like about Aiden is he can certainly get out get outside the pocket quickly mm-hmm, 100%. And, and opens up that play-action yeah. game it, 
to a greater mm-hmm. degree than what we've uh, seen he, uh, this year. So DJ's a bullying runner, runner. Aiden is an explosive runner. Two right. different styles. And I think both work and both have a role in this offense. However, yep. I only think one plays. 541-497-5356. Taking your calls and your texts for the final 10 minutes of this program. We'll break and finish out the week of the Joe Beaver Show next. Woodstock's Pizza, part in Corvallis, is all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people. See, it all starts with over 35 fresh toppings to choose from, multiple dough options, multiple crust options, and multiple cheese options, including vegan and dairy-free choices. See, we make all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people every day. Woodstock's Pizza, all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. Have you seen Highland Bull's expanded Strike Zone Lounge? Stop by for a burger, pizza, a hot or a cold sandwich, or a salad. There's appetizers and snacks, too. And the prices are so low on beer and spirits, it's like happy hour all day. Enjoy your favorite Oregon lottery games, too. Highland Bowl. It isn't just for bowlers anymore. Stop by and check out the expanded Strike Zone Lounge at Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis. We sell them up, you knock them down. Equipped from front to rear with industry-leading, easy-to-use features, Kubota B-Series tractors are the total package. With high horsepower and excellent durability and implements that easily attach and detach, Kubota B-Series tractors can do anything in any season. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information. The fall means it's time for Oregon State football, a new season and a bowl game at the end of the year. It's also a good time to look at that home remodeling project. If you need new carpet, countertops, luxury vinyl, or window coverings, see the staff at Corvallis Floor Covering. They've been coaching Beaver fans and helping you get it done for over 30 years. Stop by and see their showroom full of all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Here in the Mid-Willamette Valley, we're a people that work hard and play hard. So your home appliances have to be ready for anything. And the best place to buy quality appliances and experience top-rated service from the point of purchase to installation and during times of service is Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. Go to Kellenbergers.com for more information. Kellenberger's Appliance in Lebanon at 21 South Main Street, where you'll find professional, courteous, and knowledgeable people. Touchdown, Beavers! If you're ready to tackle your financial game plan, it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management. David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis or visit taxandwealthmanagement.com. Thursday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. It's a Thanksgiving Day classic in Dallas as the Cowboys host the Washington Commanders. Hi, this is Jerry Recco. Join Kevin Ray, Danny White, myself for all the action as these two NFC East foes are hungry for a victory on Thanksgiving. Will the boys feast on this day of thanks or will the Commanders come away with a road win? It's the Cowboys and the Commanders. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Pre-game at 1 o'clock on Joe Radio. Final 
few minutes of the Joe Beaver Show here on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Looking forward to entertaining you right here on these airwaves tomorrow. 1 o'clock airtime, 1.30 kickoff. The middle game of the Thanksgiving Day NFL slate with the Cowboys and the Commanders. Uh, Oregon Ooh. State, let's just run through the schedule here really quick for uh, today and this weekend, Dougie. we got volleyball today at 1 o'clock. Five minutes over at Gill Coliseum as um, um, Lindsey Bahonic's uh, team takes on UCLA. And the Ducks will be in town to, to play the Beavers um, in volleyball on Saturday. And then also you have uh, women's basketball tonight as Scott Rook's team takes on the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, the Retrievers, by the way, is their nickname. And um, <clears throat> they're one and three overall. Um, three players from Spain. Should be an interesting game. First meeting ever between mm-hmm. Oregon State and the University of Maryland, Baltimore County um, teams in uh, women's basketball. Yeah, and men's basketball tonight and on Friday. The men will air right here on Joe at 3.30 with a 4 o'clock tip-off against Baylor. Then either Pitt or Florida on Friday and either the third-place game or the championship game of the uh, NIT tip-off. Men will be on Joe tonight. Women will be mm-hmm. on KTHH uh, 990 and We'll pick it up here on KEJOAM.com and there's this, this right fo- after. There's this football game going on on Friday. Yeah, big one. Uh, big one, I think, yeah. <laughs> I know we'll be on the air at one thirty with the tailgate show. Yeah, no Joe Beaver <laughs> show tomorrow, no, no Joe Beaver show on Friday either. Tailgate show will be at one thirty with a 5.30 kickoff on Fox. Let's rip through some text messages before we hit the top of the hour. Question from Bob Keith. What happens to the Pac-12 bowl games? I mean, they're going to be have to be renegotiated yeah. with all these bowl committees because there will no longer be a slot for the Pac-12 in those. So that's going to be bowl, interesting. Sun Bowl, Alamo Bowl. Yeah, very, very LA interesting bowl. how that's going to be if they just do Vegas at large. Bowl, yeah. They just do at large or, or agree with another conference. How do you do that? It's good. Question. Let's see. Uh, unnamed texter from the 503. If the Beavs start top 25 and went out, I think they'd have a shot at an at-large bid with that schedule. I think I would agree. And they have a good chance if they retain a lot of the roster to be a preseason top 25 team next season. Curtis says a text from earlier, the Jonathan Smith comments, uh, it, the, the report from Jonathan Smith reportedly or rumored to interview for the Michigan State job saying his agent was there interviewing for it. I mean, that just seems like it's so far down the grapevine, Curtis. <clears throat> Appreciate that uh, text in, but that does the, seem the, like the a agent, very deep... Agents that, don't do interviews. Yeah, that, that just seems like a very, very like long way down the grapevine where things <laughs> might get uh, muddied down a little bit. And not, we're not, we not, not going to uh, interview Jonathan. We're, we're, we're going to interview the agent instead yeah, and see yeah. if we like him or not. Yeah. So right. Kyle in Southwest Florida says, likes the schedule, only one trade, uh, only one change, drop the Ducks, never play them again, and add an away game with one power, one of the Power 5 Florida schools. Away game oh. in the state of Florida. That's interesting. Okay, thank you that, Kyle, in Southwest Florida. Keep thinking of the travel time and game start times for the Big Ten games back east. What about them coming west for a 7 p.m. or later game? That's entirely possible because we know Fox wants to fill up that late slate. They're going to have late games with Oregon, Washington, UCLA, and USC. What happens when those teams are on the road, though? Or there's some bye weeks and they have a slot they need to fill that could be an option with having the Big Ten uh, come out west. The problem is I don't know which one of those schools you convince to fly here to Corvallis, Oregon, when they would already have the Ducks on their schedule sometime in the next four years. We did convince Purdue to come out next year. They did. Yeah, yeah well, that was agreed, what, 10 years ago? That probably? was part of a home-and-home. Home. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that that was interesting. Andy and Mitchell saying, we'll never, never grow tired of hearing Lan Danning say, it's our Super Bowl. 
Uh, I will hold on to that forever. Doesn't matter what his tone was. He said it, and it's a hilarious. It absolutely broke Duck fans on Twitter. Andy and Mitchell, thank you for that. Yeah, when I heard that, I'm going, no, come on, Dan. That's it's not your Super Bowl. Come on. It's it's coach speak. Good hype for the for the rivalry game, but you know, come on. Dave from nowhere says, "Good job, Dougie, and myself for this week, uh, and a happy Thanksgiving." So Same we'll pass that along. One. Thank you, Dave. And we'll talk again on Friday. Uh, oh, Doug, people have called Ots in the landfill for years. I never heard that. Really? Where have I been? That's yeah. Where have you been, Dougie? You've been here. I've I've, I've only called it the place I don't want to go. But I, I haven't ever heard it called a landfill. Brian in Southern Oregon pointing out that Autzen is built on top of a landfill. Oh, it yes, is. Thank no, I you get there. that. I just had never heard it called that. Yeah, 541. Uh, Dean in Albany says we should not play Oregon again unless we're in the same conference. Of course, Oregon wants to keep playing the Civil War because they have way more assurances and better money to recruit players uh, because of their conference. Let's see. Uh, we don't have time for this text message. Dougie, it's been a good been two fun. shows. Yep, yeah, absolutely. No show tomorrow, no show Friday. We'll be on air at 1.30 for the Tailgate Show. Sounds great. Uh, four hours before 5.30 kickoff. For Doug Blair, I'm TJ Matthewson. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody, from us at the Joe Beaver Show. K-E-J-O Corvallis. And translator, K-229-D-I Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.